Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to Mariners. I'm glad you were with us this weekend. I'm excited to share about how we're going to be serving our local communities in the coming days. So as a church, we believe that we exist for the good of those outside of us. So we have seven congregations across Southern California, and how we think about those congregations is not just gathering a bunch of people together on the weekends, but we think, how do we serve these local communities? And how do we challenge you for you to serve right where you are for the good of those outside of you? We believe we exist for the good of those who haven't yet heard of Jesus, for the good of those who haven't yet encountered him, for the good of our cities, for the good of the world. I wanna share with you three groups of people that we are focusing on as a church because we exist for their good. I'm gonna talk real quickly about the prisoner, the unborn and their family, and those with special needs, the prisoner. Mariners Online, which you're a part of in the pandemic, was given this incredible opportunity to partner with Prison Fellowship, and we have our services now in over 400 prisons across the U.S. And our heart for the prisoner and the family of the prisoner has really grown. The scripture says that we are to remember those in prison, and whether they are there justly or unjustly, they are still, every one of them, created in the image of God, people that he loves and cares for. Every year, there are 600,000 prisoners that are released from prison here in the US. And what's really sad is that two out of every three of those released are rearrested within three years. So the cycle of pain, of incarceration, not only for the prisoner, but for the, the prisoner's family is just on repeat. And we wanna continue to partner with Prison Fellowship to serve prisoners, to do all we can to break that cycle, but also to serve the family of the prisoner. And so our, our new prison ministry, we're focusing on in prison programming, hope events where we share Jesus with prisoners, but also care for family members. And at Mariner Santa Ana this Christmas, we're gonna have our first angel tree event for family members of those in prison. So we care for the prisoner. Let me talk to you about the unborn and the family and the mothers of the unborn. Now, sadly, some are gonna hear this as a partisan issue, but it's not for us. For the believer, it's not a partisan issue. This is a people issue because the scripture tells us that God places his image on people as they are in the womb of their mother, that God fashions us together with great care, that we are his handiwork, his image is on us while we are in the womb. But sadly, in America, one in five pregnancies end in abortion. That's an assault on the image of God on the unborn. And so when you think about caring for the unborn, and not only the unborn, but for the mother of the unborn, really must think about three different aspects of care, prevention, intervention and wraparound. Prevention, Mariner's Church, you are a part of because 70% of abortions happen in areas that wrestle with 
being under-resourced or impoverished. And so our care for communities that are under-resourced and impoverished is a way to prevent abortions because people in those communities sometimes feel like they are trapped, like there's no way they could possibly care for a child. So that's prevention. Intervention, that's when you step in at a moment when someone is confronted with this choice. And I'm excited that our church is a part of a new task force where we are going to step in and care for mothers in this moment with mobile pregnancy clinics, with 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 care for those mothers, with counseling, and then counseling after the child is born. And then there is wraparound services, which we've done this for so many years at Mariner's Church through Fristers, a ministry that provides care. It started here at Mariner's Church. It provides care for moms as they bring their child into the world and, and, and after with education and really caring for these, these parents. And we even are, are starting a new chapter of Fristers at Mariner Santa Ana. So really excited about what we're doing for the prisoner, for the unborn. And then also number three, those with special needs. Those with special needs must be close to our heart because those with special needs are close to the heart of God. Jesus tells this story in Luke chapter 12 or this parable. And he basically says, if, if you invite somebody to a party, don't invite people who can repay you but invite the, the lame, the blind, those who are suffering, the poor, the outcast, invite those who cannot repay you at all. And so God's heart is for those with special needs. 70% of families with special needs who have tried to go to church are turned away from the church because perhaps the church doesn't feel like it can serve those families, which means that some say a special needs community is an unreached community but we believe each individual created in the image of God. And we are excited that we are ramping up our special needs ministry here at Mariner's Church. It started several years ago, but we are bringing greater focus and intensity to this important ministry. So we wanna care for the prisoner, for the unborn and the mother of the unborn, for those with special needs and their families. And you may ask, why would we do that? Why does it matter for Christians to care for these, because we aren't just any organization. We get to serve people in the name of Jesus. We get to serve the needs of people, but also bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus to people as we serve them. And why? Why must we be this kind of people? I wanna show you or reminds you of an incredible passage in the gospel of Matthew today. It's very famous. This is the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus speaks to his disciples about the kind of people they're gonna be. And I wanna challenge you that if you're a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, this is the kind of person that Jesus invites us to be. Matthew chapter five, verse one. And this is all under the banner of why do we wanna be a church that's for the good of those we serve, for the good of our cities, for the good of the prisoner, the unborn and the special needs, for the good of our communities. Why would we be that kind of church? Matthew 5, verse one. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is the words of Jesus. Now, to understand what Jesus is teaching here, is real, it's yet to see some beautiful symbolism. He's speaking to a highly Jewish crowd. He's directly speaking to his disciples, but a bunch of Jewish people are watching him. And surely some caught the symbolism of Jesus going up a mountain to give these pronouncements of blessings. Because in Jewish history, their most famous leader, Moses, came down from a mountain and gave the law, the commandments of God to the people of God, to Israel. He came, he descended down a mountain, gave the law to a rescued group of people, people who God had rescued from Egyptian slavery. And the law was essentially, here's what you must do. It was commands to a rescued people. Jesus doesn't go down the mountain to give these beatitudes, these blessings. Jesus goes up the mountain, but he is giving this pronouncement of these are the kind of people you're gonna be. This is the kind of people you're gonna be to people that he has brought into his kingdom, to people he has rescued. So these are not, like the 10 commandments, a list of things you must do. These beatitudes, as Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount, is a description of the kind of people we should be. Those of us who have been rescued and brought into his kingdom. And in fact, I want you to see, if you look at the first two verses of the Sermon on the Mount, we'll, we'll actually we'll put this on the screen that Jesus is teaching his disciples. After he sat down, his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So Je even though there's a ton of people listening to Jesus, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Now, why is that important? Because there's two different ways to read the Sermon on the Mount. You could read it as if Jesus is speaking to the large crowd and is saying, hey, you wanna to belong to me? You wanna be in my kingdom? Well, here's a list of all the things that you must do. You have to be this kind of person to belong to me. That's how you would read it if Jesus was speaking to the crowd, but he's not speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to those who already belong to him. He's speaking to his disciples. Now he knows the crowd is listening, but he's speaking to those who belong to him. It, it's kind of like me when I teach you. I, I, I realize every time I communicate that some of you are checking out the Christian faith for the first time. You're, you're curious about what it would mean to follow Jesus. And I'm so glad that you are checking this out. And at the same time, I'm, I'm teaching God's word to those of you who already are in. You already belong to him. This is Jesus. He's teaching to those who are in, to those he has rescued his own, but he knows the crowd is listening and watching. And I wanna introduce you to the crowd because they would have been deeply offended by what Jesus is teaching. So, Jewish scholars and historians say in the large crowd of people who are watching Jesus teach his disciples, there's four groups of people. And so instead of introducing you to the four groups, let me introduce you to one person that would have been in the, each group. So here's Pharisee Phil. Phil is this hardworking, middle-class guy. I mean, people love him and respect him. 
he thinks about the afterlife. So he thinks about heaven when he dies. So he's gonna be a good person, obey all the rules. In fact, he even makes up rules. He, he took the Bible, the scripture, and he even adds rules to them. And he tries to keep all the rules to show how good of a guy he is. And because of that, people respect him. Phil would have been an incredible neighbor, Pharisee, Phil, tries to keep all the rules. Middle-class, hardworking. Then there's Steve the Sadducee. Different from Phil. Steve the Sadducee is a part of the secular elite. He's not middle class, he's upper class. He's an intellectual. He uh, is skeptical about a lot of things that were in the Torah, the law of God. And Phil the Pharisee added things to the law of God, but nah, Steve the Sadducee, he takes things away. He's cynical, doesn't believe in afterlife, doesn't believe that we actually go somewhere when we die. He has removed a whole bunch of things from the law. An intellectual elite tries to find satisfaction in this life with his wealth and his possessions. So Steve the Sadducee. Then there's Essene Eddie. So there's Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes. Essene Eddie, uh, man, he does not like the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He thinks both, both those guys are compromisers. Eddie has moved outside of the city. He lives in, out in the woods, like with all the other tree huggers. And this guy has separated himself from all of civilization because he believes that's what it means to be the most holy, to fully separate yourself from any temptation. So Eddie wouldn't hang out with Steve or Phil at all. He's a completely separate guy, but he's listening to Jesus speak. And then there's Zeke, the zealot. Now, zealots, they were ticked off that Rome had occupied Israel where they lived, and they are looking for a fight in any moment. They want to take Israel. Israel, They're part of Israel. They want Israel to take Rome down. And so they're checking Jesus out, hoping that they can hijack Jesus for their agenda. They want to use Jesus for their agenda to go after politically. They want to go after Rome. So all four of these groups would have been terrified by Jesus' sermon. I mean, deeply offended. Phil, the Pharisee, heard Jesus say, happy, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom. And Phil would have thought, what? No, not the poor in spirit. No, the good people, good people like me, hardworking, who keep all the rules and do all we can to qualify ourselves before God. Jesus saying, actually, for you to enter the kingdom, you have to realize you are bankrupt and poor in spirit. Phil would have hated that language. Steve, the Sadducee, heard Jesus say, hey, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're the ones that are really filled. And Steve would have been livid, what? No, I'm trying to fill myself with all the things I've achieved in this life. Look at me, I'm an elite, I'm an intellectual. I can pay for things, I can go after pleasure. That's what fills me. And Jesus is saying, that's not what fills you. Only those who are filled are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Eddie the Essene, who in his mind was the pure one because he lived separate from all those bad people, would have been so angered by Jesus saying, you know who's really pure? You know who's really gonna see God? Those who are pure in heart. It's your heart, Eddie, that matters. Zeke the zealot, 
who was ready to fight at any moment with Rome? Here's Jesus say, not blessed are those who are ready to take down Rome, but blessed are the peacemakers, for they're the ones who will inherit the earth. They are the ones who inherit the kingdom. See, Jesus is speaking to his disciples about, hey, I've rescued you, you belong to me, and this is what it means to be in my kingdom. You're not like all of those others, you belong to me. But still today, there's people who hear the words of Jesus and want Jesus to join their idea or their mission as opposed to joining his kingdom. Today, people are still offended by the words of Jesus the same way that the crowds were offended by Jesus then. And so those of us who belong to him, we are not like the kingdom of this world. We don't believe that we can earn our way in to his kingdom. We understand that we are poor in spirit. We don't believe that we can fill ourselves with our own joy and our own happiness. We realize that the only way we are filled is if we hunger and thirst for him. We understand that we are not to live lives separated from people, but that we are to be merciful because God has been merciful to us. And we do not ask Jesus to join our agenda or our mission, we join his. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples and what Jesus says to us as well. And so look at the words of Jesus again. Blessed are the poor, in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Jesus does not say, hey, blessed are the rich in spirit, those who think they have it all together. He also doesn't say, blessed are the middle class in spirit, those who believe they can work their way to me and earn their forgiveness. Now, if you really wanna be blessed, if you're in his kingdom, you get this. You are blessed because you are poor in spirit. You have realized that you have not qualified yourself to stand before God at all, but that the only reason you are forgiven is because Jesus entered this world for you, placed himself on the cross in your place for your sin to give you all of his forgiveness and all of his righteousness. We had nothing at all to bring to the table. We were spiritually bankrupt and impoverished. But when we realize that we have nothing, when we realize that we have nothing to offer him but our sin, that's when we are blessed because then we receive his mercy and his forgiveness and we are forever in his kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit because when you are poor in spirit, you are filled with the goodness and the richness of God's mercy and grace. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus continues, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And so when you're poor in spirit, you then mourn that you're poor in spirit. You mourn that, wow, I have fallen so short of the holiness of God. I need his mercy and his grace. And when you mourn, he's the one who comforts you. But we also mourn still today, those of us who are in the kingdom of Jesus, because we mourn not only our own struggles, our own sinfulness, but we mourn the sinfulness in our world. We mourn the brokenness in our, our world. We mourn the fact that 
the prisoner can be reincarcerated, that we have a, a cycle that continues. We mourn the fact that the image of God on the unborn is assaulted. We, we mourn the fact that those with special needs are not treated as image bearers of God. We mourn, and as we mourn, he comforts us and reminds us that one day everything will be made right and new. But we mourn, and because we mourn, we care for the needs that break the heart of God in our communities. Blessed are the humble, Jesus says. He doesn't say blessed are those who take advantage of others. He doesn't say blessed are the powerful, but blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. You belong to his kingdom. You are now humble because you know everything you have is a gift from God, not something you've achieved or earned. And one day, the new heavens and the new earth is your everlasting inheritance. Blessed are the humble. We are a part of a kingdom that will never spoil, fade, or perish. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Those of us who hunger for him, we have tasted and seen that he is good and he quenches us and satisfies us. We've learned that this world disappoints us that there's nothing in this world that can quench the deepest longings of our soul, but because Jesus has rescued us and brought us into his everlasting kingdom, now our souls are filled as with the richest of foods because Jesus is better than anything this world offers. And as we hunger and thirst for him, he satisfies and fills our souls. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And so those of us who are in his kingdom, we've said yes to Jesus. We are now a new people, a new community. We have received his mercy and therefore we are merciful to others. We care for the needs surrounding our congregations. We care for the needs surrounding our neighborhoods, our homes, our, our workplaces. We care for people created in the image of God. We wanna see people treated rightly. We want God's mercy to be expressed to people who are oppressed and who are in pain. We care that mercy is extended. Why? Because Jesus has extended great mercy to us. And as we extend mercy to others, we always afresh and anew experience the mercy of God in our lives. This is the kind of people we must be. We're not the separatist who doesn't want to extend mercy. We're not the hardworking, let's make ourselves right before God. We don't need mercy. No, we know we need mercy and we extend mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Now, this word here for blessed are the pure, the word for pure, it means undiluted. So if you're, if you get a drink and you want nothing but the drink itself, you know, if you're at a, if it's a cocktail, you say, I just want it neat. I just want it neat. I don't, I don't even want ice. I want zero dilution at all. Just give it to me straight up neat. If it's coffee, I just want it black. Just give it to me straight. Give it to me just as it is that is undiluted. Jesus says that those of us who have an undiluted heart, we are the ones who see God. An undiluted heart, what does this mean for us? It means that because Jesus died on the cross for us, he's conquered our heart. And though we are so prone to love things other than him, 
Ultimately, our heart belongs to Him. Ultimately, we are His. And one day we will see God. One day we will be with Him forever and ever. Blessed are the pure in heart, they see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. We live in a world filled with constant fighting and turmoil and tension. And Jesus says, for us who are His, we belong to Him. He came here to bring peace and we seek to bring peace to others because we belong to Him. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Beatitudes begin with the poor in spirit, the kingdom is theirs, ends with the persecuted, the kingdom is theirs. Those who are poor in spirit, who know they need Jesus, become his, we live as his people. And sometimes that means that the world doesn't understand us, even doesn't understand some of the things we're gonna do for the good of those outside of us. So we will receive at times persecution. So this is Jesus saying to his people, his disciples, he knows the crowd is watching. He's saying, you aren't like them. You're not separating. You're not trying to earn your way to me. You aren't looking for things in this world to satisfy you. You are now mine. And this is what it means to be mine. Now, you read these Beatitudes, they crush us because we can't live up to them. I can't live these on my own. They cause us to go to Jesus because the only way we can be this kind of people is by the grace of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, if you are mine, this is what it means to live in my kingdom. And if we live this way, it just feels so different than how the world lives. The world doesn't say blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is so opposite of the kingdom of this world. <clears throat> it's the opposite way to live. When Kay and I lived in Miami, we used to love going to the Virgin Islands. We would, uh, it wasn't that long a flight from Miami down to the US Virgin Islands. We'd go to St. John. And every time we'd go to St. John, we'd be reminded that it, it's different there, even though it's a, a Virgin Island of the US. And so I remember the first time I went to the rental car place on St. John, the guy behind the rental counter gives me the keys to the Jeep that I rented. And he says, hey, um, just so you know, don't forget, uh, you drive on the left side of the road here. And I was like, what, you drive on the left? You drive on the wrong side of the road here? He said, no, no, no you drive on the, it's the right side. I said, okay, I thought you said the left side. He, he said, no, it is, it, it is the left side, but left is right. It's, it, it's the left side here, which is right. The left side's the right side. Just stay left, man, just stay left. And so when you're driving around in St. John, you, the right side is the left side. The correct side is the left side. And so I'm driving around St. John and when there's no cars around you, you can easily forget to be on that side of the road. And so when a car comes, you're reminded, stay left, stay left. And you have to, every time you get in the Jeep, for the, I mean, you're only there a week. And so it's easily to go back to how you grew up being on the right side but you have to be on the left side because it's an upside down, it's a reverse, it's a different kingdom. It's completely different in St. John. You drive on the different side of the road. Jesus's kingdom has been called an upside down kingdom. That this is the rules he gives here of how we should live, the people we should be, it's upside down. It's different than this world. And so at times we're gonna have to remind ourselves, stay left 
stay left, go the other way, live this way that is so different. And it feels, it can feel for us until we get used to driving on this side of the road, living in the upside down kingdom. It can feel very different. But people who live in the upside down kingdom throughout the history of the world, after Jesus entered our, our world, upside down people turn the world upside down. People who live this way, they change the world. Upside down kingdom people turn the world upside down. Another way to say it, changed people change the world. People who live this way, and this is why as a church, we wanna be people like this. Changed people change the world. People who've encountered the mercy of God and therefore are merciful change the world. And this is what Jesus is teaching to his disciples. We'll keep reading. Look at verse 11 through verse 14. He's now told them, listen, this is how you're gonna be. You're mine. You're not like the crowds. You're mine. You belong to me. Happy are you if you live this way as my people. And when you do, boom, you're gonna change the world. This is what he says. You are blessed when they insult you, when they, all the other groups of people who are so unlike you, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. Now remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's not speaking to the crowds. You, you who belong to me, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. <clears throat> a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. You, if you will live the way of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. We'll talk more about this next week the light of the world, Jesus, the ultimate light of the world, entered our world and those of us who have believed in him, he has shined, shown his light into our hearts and now we reflect his character to the world around. And we together as a church, he calls us a city on a hill. You're a different community. You're an upside down community. And because you are my people, you exist for the good of those outside of you. You exist as a city on a hill to bless those who are outside of the kingdom. You exist to shine the light of me to the world around you. You exist as the salt of the earth to pull out the great taste and to preserve light in dark places. You are a community that blesses other communities. You are a city that blesses other cities. You are the people of God that blesses all other peoples. This is who you are as mine, Jesus is saying. Oh, this is good. This is who we are. This is who we are. We are changed people who if we live this way, we change the world. Mariners Online, I wanna invite you to be a part of changing the world. This weekend at Mariners Church is a special weekend because we're gonna take a special offering that goes completely towards all of the things we're doing 
in outreach to serve our cities, to serve our communities. And you can text outreach to the number on your screen and you can be directed to a place that you can give and everything you give to this, to this offering goes towards us blessing people outside of us, serving our cities, serving our communities. So right now, grab your phone. If you're watching the phone, write down the numbers so you can go after. Text outreach to the number on the screen. Also, you will see some places that you can serve. And if you live in Southern California, you'll see a lot of awesome opportunities for us to be able to serve between now and Christmas. We're going into a season where we are going to, in great intentionality and with great intensity, serve our communities and serve our cities in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we're the people who've been changed by Him. And because we are His people, we seek to change the world. He has served us, so we serve others. He has pursued us, so we pursue others. He has loved us first, so we love others in the name of Jesus. We are a city on a hill to bless those outside of us. You are a part, you are a part. You are not like those outside groups who are separating from people, who think you're better than people, who try to find pleasure in things of this world. No, you are His now. You belong to him. And because you are in his kingdom, you are a part of the kingdom that never will ever fail or perish. And then we bless those outside of us as people who belong to the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Come on, I'm getting excited about this passage. Let's do this together, Mariners Online. Text outreach to the number on the screen. I invite you to be a part. Let's serve people the way Christ has served us because we belong to him. Change people, change the world. Let's go. All right, extend your hands, please. And let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.